Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Nice pants. Did you make those? Yeah. He really did. Uh, undeputed is not a word, just so Zach Kramer is. No, you said undeputed, my friend. Undeputed. And everyone goes, man, you used a word on Sunday that wasn't a word. Yeah, she knew what I meant. Zach, we had no idea what she meant. Well, welcome to Take Over Church. How are we doing this morning? worship we had. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of want to take a second before we go any further. We, we are an honoring church. Honor is our calling. Amen? If you go to takeoverjr.com, you will see our takeover code, which is like our beliefs. And we believe that we give honor where honor is due, is what our Bible says to do. So honestly, we have some unsung, un, unknown heroes that make church happen where service is honestly it's great and it's incredible because of these individuals. And so if we could just make some noise for our audio-visual department, we got CJ, we got DJ, we got so much. We just want to shine a light on you because we love it. Thank you guys so much. You're the bomb. What up, Abs? Love you so much, girl. But this morning, real quick, hey, we're going to get into it. We're going to continue our series, This Is War. But before we do, what I need to do is this. Um, I love the Holy Spirit. He always prompts wild, crazy, audacious things. And when you take him up on it, he does wild, crazy, and audacious things. So um, don't worry, I'm not going to make a joke like I'm prone to, and I'm not going to you know, say anything stupid like I'm prone to. If you're single in this place, can you just raise your hand for me? I just want to get along. Just be honest. Just be honest. There's no shame in this. If you're single in this place, let me know. Fantastic. And I just want to pray over you because I just feel really burdened this morning for single people in our church. Does that sound okay? Father God, we just thank you this morning for the single people in this church, God. God, singleness has a purpose. I just speak that over them right now. Singleness has a purpose, God. We just speak that all over these people's lives, God. There is development. There are things that can take place in the single season that can't take place in relationships, that can't take place in marriages, God. So we just ask right now that you would just give them strength for the single season, God. And we believe in that, you are going to do great and mighty things. And when you decide that it's time, God, you are going to bring somebody. We don't believe in the one, but we do believe in the one who is the most beneficial for us and that we are most beneficial for. And so, God, we just ask for that beneficial person to be revealed to us and to them. Come on, somebody. In your time, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, bless the single people. In it. Amen. Amen. All right. Fantastic. Y'all ready for the word of God this morning? Said, or like Zach said, don't call me Matthew. Gosh, my name is Matt McClure. My beautiful wife, Adrian, who's up here for prayer and praise. We are the lead pastors uh, at Takeover Church. My name is Matt. They have one T in my name. Don't walk on me like a doormat. I'm only my mother. Calls me Matthew, okay? Got a lot of issues. <laughs> I'm working on it, all right? Just left therapy. It's going well. So, this morning, though, we are continuing our series, This Is War. Would someone just say, This Is War? Chest. I love it. Can you just turn and tell your neighbor, this is war? Can you turn and tell your other neighbor, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. 
You know, but get it and hit it. Just all have eyes in it for no reason. Get it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, the title of the message for my note takers is that. If you ain't taking notes, you ain't taking over. It's a new model here. Come on, my note takers. The title of my message. Are you ready? Title of the message. This works so much better this week. Josh was right. He was like, don't have it on your lips. It's good. Don't make out with your microphone the whole time. Uh, the title of the message is this. This wall will fall. This wall will fall. Y'all ready for the Bible? Yeah. Yo, we finna go Old Testament today, okay? Alright, don't worry, just a minute, we're gonna bring out the snakes, it's gonna get good. Uh, just kidding. That's obviously New Testament. Next one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, instead, we're gonna bring out the dead bones, and we're gonna throw people on them and see what happens. Uh, it's gonna be great, no, for sure. Okay, so if you don't have your Bible this morning, it'll be up on the Sky Bible, but we are coming out of Joshua 6, 1 through 10. It's only 10 verses. Okay. Obviously, if you know me, I love to just squeeze every ounce of God out of every verse that he has in the Bible. So when I'm preaching, you're going to get like one section, it's going to be one thing, and we're going to focus on that, and we're going to see what the Lord will do. Okay. So um, if you were looking for like 18 steps to this or a bunch of other things, that's just not going to happen here. Uh, we are going to see what the Lord will do today. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Joshua 6, 1 through 10. Come on. Now, Jericho, not the professional wrestler, was shut up inside and outside. Come on. He's a believer. He loves Jesus. He also gave me my inhaler one time when I was having an asthma attack. Okay? It's the best in the world. True story. Anyways, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, when it's king and with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days straight. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns, otherwise known as a shofar, before the Ark of the Covenant. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets, and when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all of the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down. And the people shall go up, every stri everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let the seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward. March around the city and let the armed men pass on before the ark. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn, repetitive, before the Lord went forward blowing the trumpets of the ark of the covenant, the Lord following. Then the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark. While the trumpets blew continually, ten, verse 10, Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. And then, and only then, shall you shout. We're going to pray. But we're going to let the Lord work with that. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Right now, Holy Spirit, we've been saying it all morning. God, we, uh, I want to recognize the in the room, because there's an atmosphere in, in Grand Rapids. Um, particularly in the Christian uh, sector of our city, God. I want to just speak identity and value over this room. I just want to speak identity and value over this room. That God did not send His Son to the cross 
to rescue garbage, but to rescue his children, to redeem his children, to bring his kids home. You are not a waste. You are not too bad to ever come back. You are a son and you are a daughter. And I'm so grateful for that this morning, Father God. And right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this place. Do what you do. <laughs> do what you do. Don't do what I do, Holy Spirit. Do what you do. Make us better this morning. Change us from the inside out, God. We want to look better on the inside as we leave here today. And we believe that you could do it. So show up, wreck everyone, and leave. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name, faith to the church that. Amen. Come on, who loves the Holy Spirit? Who loves God? Make some noise. Y'all, I don't know about you, but if you had God do anything in your life in this last week, whether it's just having air in your lungs, I think he deserves about five seconds of praise. One, two, three, go. I don't want to be that kind of person that just misses it, okay? I don't want to just check in on Sundays and click my Christian punch card and show up to take over church and say, I did my religious obligation for the week. He's better than that. He's yeah. done more than that. He's worthy of more than that. And he's, yeah, come on, somebody. Amen? Yeah. 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 Amen? I don't want to miss it. This wall will fall. Say it with me. This wall will fall. Ah, I love it. There you go. Kevin, how are you doing this morning, bro? Good. You good? Dude, it's so great to see you. This wall will fall. So I love this piece of scripture. I really do. There's a reason for it. I know it's pretty well known. I know a lot of people know the story. Um, I did not grow up in church myself. Um, but if you did grow up in the church, you probably know the story. Is anybody here not? Oh, well, let's do it this way. Does anybody know the story of Jericho? The walls of Jericho, that whole deal right there. So I love the walls of Jericho. It is awesome. It is such a powerful, wonderful story. And the crazy thing about the walls of Jericho is just the, the fact that what you probably don't know is that this has real-world ramifications today. This is a site. This is an actual battle that took place. This is an actual war that was won. This is an actual factual fight that went down where the Lord was the only way this could have happened. And this thing literally is still around today. There is a place. It's in Israel. It's called, I wrote it down. Tell as Sultan. That's what Jericho's known as nowadays. Tell as Sultan, which means Hill of the Sultan. And if you've seen Aladdin, you know what a Sultan is. That's the only reason I know what a Sultan is. That's it. That's the only one. I, you know, it's great. The Will Smith one. No, okay. Uh, we all know the originals. Way better. Although I did love that. We miss Robin Williams. Anyways. Oh, not that sad. Not that sad. <laughs> Gotta bring it back. Anyways, so I love this piece of scripture because it's still there today. We have done archaeological digs. We have done excavating. We have looked at this thing and we have found in the walls, the foundation. It's still all there. They have looked and they have checked this whole thing out. And so that's why I love this piece of scripture because of the real world ramifications that this moment still has. Much like the, the Dead Sea and the Red Sea. Like all of these things. They have these real world implications today that are just like, you can go there, you can go to Hill of the Sultan, and you can see this. You can see the remnants. And that just kind of, kind of blows my mind because of just how many years that that's actually been. You know what I mean? We think about Jesus in 2,000 years ago when he was crucified on the cross. This is well beyond that. So it's just kind of mind-blowing. It's B.C. It's like 1,500 B.C., 1,500 years before Christ that this thing, this moment in time happened. And we can still see it. And so the other reason I love this verse, though, is because I think this is one of the most 
human experiences. I think every story obviously is applicable to humans. This is what it's about. This is real life that happened to these people that's used to build up and encourage and edify the saints, which is what the book of Hebrews says. Every scripture is God-breathed, useful in training up and rebuking and challenging and growing the saints. That's what our Bible says. This is what we believe here at Sacred Church. Every scripture is for us. Amen? Amen. And so what I love this verse is because here's Joshua. Joshua is a bops. Somebody say bops. Bops. You got to say it just like that. Bops. Okay, extra points in heaven if you say it just like that. So here's Joshua, and he is awesome. A little backstory on Joshua. If you ever remember the story of, of the Canaanites and the giants in the land, there's Joshua and Caleb, and they're sent out, and they're going to go look at the giants in the land. That's that whole thing. We might hit that in the series. I don't know, so I don't want to go too far into that. But Joshua's basically the next guy up. He was he was the runner-up to Moses. Moses is the dude, obviously, like, I think even if you didn't grow up in church, like, I, I saw the animated movie. It was at the local video store. I got it one time. I didn't know what it was because I didn't go to church. I didn't know anything about it. But it was pretty cool back in the day. I don't even remember what it's called now. I just remember the case. It looked like a VHS. It's old. Is that it? Yeah. That's so good. I love that one. But there's Moses, and Moses, he was he had a stuttered, and he was a drunkard at one point, and he was abandoned, and he's all these things, and he's the guy that's to lead the Israelites, and he parts the Red Sea. He does the whole nine yards. It's awesome, right? And the next guy up, after the whole 40 years wandering in the desert, chasing her own tail, not listening to God, is Joshua. So that's who he is. So Joshua's the man. Joshua, though, that's why I call it human story. Because here's a moment, okay? Here's the moment in all of our lives laid out for us to, to understand. I think when we get into calling, we get into purpose, we get into going to war. Again, this is a series on freedom. We are fighting for our freedom. The battle is already won, but we are going to stick in this thing. We're going to see the devil be put to dust, and we are going to win our future. Amen? Come on, somebody. But when we get into calling, we get into purpose. This is a moment that represents us all because I think it's a little dicey in church where we go, we, we highlight pastors and, and people in ministry so much. And, that, and, that's, and that's cool and that's great. And, it's, and obviously I'm very privileged and honored to be a pastor. I really am. This is, this is the, the best thing for me ever. I love it. Um, but that's the same as for whatever you're called to do. Like pastoring isn't more of a calling than being called to the arts, than being called to the doctor. Like this is just what God chose me to do. But he chose you to do something equally as important as a role in the kingdom of heaven, establishing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So here's Joshua, and he gets this crazy buckwild call on his life where God is like, yo, I am giving Jericho. Give Jericho. I'm giving you Jericho, the whole city, the walls, the army, the king, the men, the women, everybody. This belongs to you. This is your promised land. Go in, take it over, subdue it for the purpose and glory of God. This is place for you, Joshua. And it's just like all of us. Because there's people in this room, whether you know it or not, you are called into the business sector. There's people in this room that are called to be healing and intercessory prayer warriors. By the way, we do not have enough of you. So I begin asking God what it is that you were made to do because sometimes your career calling, they don't always mesh together. You might have a tent maker job so you can be praying for people a lot more, so you yeah. can be interceding for people a lot more, so you can be doing these things. It's just part of it, okay? But we need you to wake up because we need some healings and we need some intercessory prayer warriors. We need people born in the spirit on everyone else's behalf. We need you. There's people in here who are called to the arts and who are called to worship. There's people in here that are called to be God-glorifying plumbers. There are people in here that are called to be excavators that give glory to God. Architects who give glory to God and what they build. People who are called to be forest rangers to give God the glory out in the middle of nowhere. 
You're called. You have been given a promised land. You have been given something in this life that is specifically laid out for you and for me. You have purpose. Does anybody want to do their purpose today? Yes. Amen. Man, I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians dying. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Literally, figuratively and spiritually. It's up the ante. I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians quit the race too soon. Yeah. We need you. We need you in Hollywood. And we need you on Grand Rapids City Council. And we need you in churches. And we need you in AA meetings. And we need you. Yeah. We need you. Good. More than we need you, the unbelieving world needs you. Yes, you're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too far bad. You've not done too much wrong. God is a redeemer. He's got plans for every single person in this place that you believe that this morning. Yes. And so here's Joshua. God says it very clearly. I have given you Jericho. I have given you Jericho and now you are to go in, you are to subdue this and here is my plan of action. Here is how I want you to go into Jericho. This is how I want you to subdue this place. You're going to go in, you're going to get these guys, you're going to get these guys, you're going to give them seven trumpets, you're going to get seven guys, seven trumpets, and they're going to do this thing for six days, one walk around a day, quiet. No words. Just instrumental music. Which if it was me, that would drive me absolutely insane because I can't stand instrumental music. I know, I know. It's just, it is what it is. I like words, okay? I talk. That's what I do, okay? I like words. Like I get my ADD or something comes in, and I'm just like, this is the worst. Get out of here. It, just me. Do you, do you. So he gives me these instructions. And then I'm saying, on the seventh day, you're going to walk around these walls seven times. And only make a noise. Only... Only speak when I tell you to. You're going to walk around in obedience, not breaking your stride. You're going to do these things. You're not going to talk to everybody else. It's not going to make sense, but this is what I've called you to do. And then you will reach your promised land. Mm -hmm. So many of us in this life. Again, this is an actual battle that was fought. This is a war. So many of us in this life we are losing the war for our future. We are losing the war for our calling. We are losing the war for our marriages. We are losing the war for our purity. We are losing the war for our generation. Simply because we don't understand that God cannot break you into where He cannot lead you. God cannot break you into where he cannot lead you. Friends, this is the deal. Here it is. Joshua is given this word. He is given this notion. He is given this calling. And he's excited. And he has this moment with God. And he's like, yes, this is awesome. We are going to take Jericho. I'm going to go be an artist. And I'm going to go be a worship leader. And I'm going to be a healer. And I'm going to be a wife. Yes, yeah, some of oh, called me mothers, man. Some of you are called to be mothers, and that's a high calling. Don't ever let anybody look down on you. I used to look down on it. I used to thought it was Disney Channel. I used to thought it was so lame when I first met Jesus. You can do so much more. You're a lady. I grew up with a strong mom. What I didn't realize is one of the strongest callings and most important callings a woman can have on their life is to be a godly mother. Amen. It took me a long time to get there. But here's Joshua. He's excited. 
He's so stoked. Just like we all are. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. This is going to be incredible. God is going to show up. And we have that moment with God, whether it's in a worship service like this or a conference or you're praying at somebody else's house or you're alone in your car worshiping and God just speaks a word. He drops the truth. He tells you who and what you are and why you are here and what your assignment is to be. Yeah. And then you get excited. You're ready to walk in it. You're pumped. You're ready to go. And you kind of feel like nothing came to feed me. Until fruition season comes. And when it comes time to see your calling come to pass, see your healing come to pass, see your marriage be restored, see you walk in your gifts, see you get up on a platform, see you do what you were made to do, why you were birthed to live on this earth. Birthed to live on this earth, I like that. Why you were birthed to live on this earth. Suddenly, suddenly, like every season of fruition, and you run up against you run up against an enemy that's not flesh and blood. It's an enemy that Paul describes as not of this world, but of principalities and darkness that run rampant in, in, the, in the things that we can't see. And you run up against a fortress. And you run up against a wall. And you run up against an enemy that you can't physically just punch. You run up against an enemy that you can't buy out. You can't, you can't, you can't trick them. You can't just, you know, juke and jive them and get around them. You can't do any of that. You run up against a fortress and suddenly you find yourself staring at a 50-foot wall going, how in the world am I gonna get past this? I've been there. I've been there. Has anybody else been there where you get ready to walk and everything? You know you're called to do. You're excited. You are vibe. You're ready to go. You are just hyped. And then for whatever reason, you run into an obstacle that you did not see coming, that you could not plan for, and you are trying to figure out what is the diameter of this thing? How thick are these walls? How big is this thing? And what is it going to take to get beyond it? Because you know what? Just like the great song says, I'm walking around this wall, and I kind of thought by now it'd fall. How do I get around this thing? And I think in that moment, it's really easy to get jaded. And it's really easy to get upset with God. And you're going, God, I thought you were God. You call yourself a mighty fortress, yet this thing seems to stand in my way. I'm disgruntled. I'm angry because I'm a Christian. And Pastor Matt keeps telling me weekly we're in the series called This Is War. And there's no giant that should be able to stand against me. And there's no, if my God is for me, then how can you be against me? God, I thought you were a fortress. Why do I got to walk around this thing seven times for it to fall? Why can't it fall on three? Why can't it fall on one? Why do I have to do it all if you are who you say you are? Has anybody been there? Because I've been there. I thought you were God. I thought you were God. And then we want to hold on to that statement in this verse that says, For God is for us. And who can be against us? Well, if my God is for me, this wall certainly can't stand against me. 
If my God is for me, this fortress that's in front of me that's blocking me right now certainly can't be against me. I don't know what your fortress looks like right now. I don't know what kind of wall that you've come up in. Maybe you are in a marriage right now where you are just believing for restoration. You are believing for God to do something, and it just seems like you guys cannot get on the same page. There is just this wall. There is just this frustration. And maybe for you, it wasn't walking around it seven times. Maybe you've been walking around it for seven years, and you've been trying to figure this thing out. Maybe for you, it's your call. Maybe you thought, man, I was going to live the American dream. I was going to go to college and I did so well. And they promised me a job when I got out. And now it's 2020. And not only is there COVID-19 happening, but the whole out of college going straight to a job isn't really what it used to be. Maybe you're single in here. Maybe you're single in here, and this is why I felt so led to pray over y'all earlier. Maybe you're single in here, and you're like, yo, I am on every single dating app. This thing is called Mini Fish in the Sea, but there doesn't seem to be one for me. I do this, guys. I like to run. Maybe you have sickness in your body, and you're just going, I show up to church. Put in a prayer card, and I got Matt and Adrian praying over me. What is going on in my body? Why is this just not coming down? Why is this wall just not succumbing to what I'm supposed to be doing right now? I don't understand. And you find yourself in this frustrated place, this crippled place, this anxiety-ridden place. You were angry with God. You were confused by the word. You don't understand what's happening. You don't know why you're not seeing what Scripture says come about in your life. And you are just like, what is up with this wall? You are for me. How can this be against me? We're an honest church. We've all been there. But can I tell you this morning, friends, we want God to be for us, but we don't really want His new ways for us. We want God to be for us, but we don't really want His new ways for us. We're like, God, I am ready. I want to come in to Jericho. You gave me this promised land. Can I just speak over you this morning? If you've ever been frustrated with God, if you've ever been frustrated in your marriage, if you've ever been frustrated in your calling, if you've ever been frustrated with where you are, if God said this is your promised land, then this is your promised land. If God has ever promised you a land, then let me reassure you, let me prophetically speak this over you. If he has promised you the land, that is your promised land. Amen? Come on, somebody. But, now usually when someone says but, it cancels out what was just said. It doesn't. But, we want the God that is for us but we don't want his ways that are for us. Right. We're like, this is my promised land. I'm going to get it. Let's go. But the only way you can get it is the way God says to get it. Amen. 
You see, so many of us, we live frustrated lives. We're going, why am I not seeing my calling? Why am I not walking in this yet? Why am I not uh, healing people yet? Why am I not getting that job and that calling? Why have I not been called out to L.A.? Why have this, this, this way that I'm believing to be made for? God, you spoke this over me when I was 13 in a prayer meeting in the middle of Podunk, Michigan. And I'm like, you told me I was going to do this. You told me I was going to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You told me I was going to do all of these things. Where is it? Matt saying the promise, the land that you promised me is my promised land. Where is it? You see, Joshua. Joshua was told something very crazy. Much like we all are. Because I believe that Ephesians 20 says our God is able to do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine. So there's a calling that's on our life that it's crazy. It's a crazy, audacious, insane thing to try and take on. And it can be frustrating. But Joshua, he gets told this wild thing. I would put this up there. This is like top three wildest asks of God, wildest calls of God. This is right after Mary. You're going to have Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. And then there's the homie in the Old Testament who God was like, yeah, pray. I'll make the sun stand still. And homeboy goes, okay. And he prays. And he takes God at his word. And the sun stood still. It's also backed up with science, by the way. You can look that up. It's kind of wild. There's a reason our world, there's, yeah, certain ways the sun functions with Earth now is different. The uh, scientists believe. And it goes back to it stopping at some point, which is nuts. There's a moment. <laughs> where you have a calling from God and then this is the situation here. We talked about it last week. Those who are crazy enough to take God at his words are the ones that will walk in his promises. But here's the thing with Joshua. It wasn't just crazy. This was nuts. This was absolutely insane. This is a city that you want me to get seven priests with seven trumpets with some ram's horns and for the next six days we're going to get some armor bearers to go before us, some dudes with some spears and some swords. They're going to go ahead of us. We're going to have to carry this big, you know, Ark of the Covenant thing, walking around with this thing. And we're going to have to do this for six days, one a day. If you're in football, you know what that means, two days. If you had three days, you hate your coach to this day. You need to work on forgiveness. <laughs> but for six days straight, you're walking around these walls one time, and they are massive. This whole entire city was surrounded. But not only that, now you got to convince these same guys that during that time, you can't break your stride. You cannot talk to one another. You only shout when I tell you to. And the day that you're finally going to get to shout and talk to one another while we're walking around this thing is the day where we have to go around it seven times on the seventh day. Can you imagine that kind of pressure? Can you imagine that kind of moment? Can you imagine the 
either stupidity, the gall, the belief, the audacity, whatever you want to call it, for Joshua to actually take God at his word and decide, I'm going to do this. I am going to go convince all of these guys. You see, friends, some of us, the reason we are not winning the promised land in our lives, the reason we are not seeing God's best come about is because for some of us, we're not willing to risk life, limb, and reputation to see it come about. I mean, imagine Joshua. He has to convince all these guys there is a moment where there could potentially be egg on his face. There is a moment where this could potentially not work out. There is a moment, much like all of our colleagues, where God says to do it one way, and then we did it for three of those days, and then we went astray on the fourth day, and guess what? We're back at day one. There's a lot of pressure on them to get this thing right. There's a lot of pressure on Joshua to go and possess the promised land that God has said he is to possess. Friends, can I tell you this this morning? Pride will rob you of your possessions. Yeah. Pride will cause you to forfeit your possessions. If you are too prideful to take God at his word, you are too prideful for the promised land. I'm going to say it one more time for the people in the back. If you are too prideful to take God at word. You are too prideful to receive the promised land. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Well, how so, man? What does that mean? Let me tell you, son. What does that mean? Pride is this. Most people think it's just arrogancy. No, 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 no. Pride's a two-way street. Pride is anything you believe about yourself that God does not say about you. Yeah. Pride is when you think too highly of yourself. Pride is when you think too low of yourself. Humility is when you believe what God says about you. Yes, that's good. So if you are too prideful to take God at his word, oh, this could not work out. I can step out into this business venture that I believe you called me to. We prayed about somebody earlier, right, that had a business venture they were starting. And we know this guy personally. He's amazing, I believe. I love you. If you're tuning in or you listen to this later, you demand and you're going to kill it. Can't wait to see what God does through it. But here's the deal. If you're not bold enough and wild enough to go and say, I'm going to risk reputation to stand firm on God's word and go, I'm going to see this walls come down. I'm going to see this business come to fruition. I am going to see this thing out. And I'm going to see it happen integrously by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to operate with integrity and I'm going to do things above board. And I'm going to put God first and glorify Him in everything. That's believing about what God's called you to do. That He says about what God has called you to do. Yeah. When you're prideful is when you go, what if it doesn't work out? Mm -hmm. What if I get egg on my face? What if I just promise all these guys that we're going to come along with me that take over church is going to be a success? It's not. What if I just promise my wife that, that marriage counseling is going to fix our marriage and it's not? What if I step out and I admit that I need therapy and that everybody leaves my life because there's such a stigma on mental illness? What if this thing, what if this thing doesn't come up red for me? What if this thing doesn't work out the way I think it's going to work out? And some of us, because of reputation, because of reputation, we will forfeit the promised land that God has for us. And some of us, it goes the other way. Some of us, we haven't received certain things in our life because, well, what if it does work out? What if he does work out? What if we go into this thing and God actually does what God says he's going to do and then all of a sudden I'm responsible for seeing it through? What if it's too big? What if it's too much for me? What if I don't have what it takes? What if it actually works 
And now I have to steward this thing. Now I have to use this thing. Now I have to watch this thing. Now I have to speak life over this flame. And I have to fan it into a fire, into a blaze. And I got to see this thing take over the area and the sector of which I'm called to take over. And what if I can't do it? Friends, if you are too prideful to take God at his words, you will never possess the promised land. You see, Joshua, in this moment, he had to decide. Am I going to be like Moses and my ancestors, who people I come from, and not take God at his word as I wander around and squander my life for the next 40 years in the desert? Or am I going to just decide, decide to be that person that says, no, my God is who he says he is. My God is able to do what says he is able to do. My God has given me his word, and in his word it says that he is able. What is impossible with Matt is impossible with God. It doesn't matter if, I'm, if you feel ill-equipped or if you feel overqualified. It's possible with God. And that's the truth that we need to believe about ourselves. We are never going to receive the promised land until we take that posture of humility and decide to believe about ourselves what God believes about us. Decide to believe about our marriage what God believes about our marriage. Decide what the artistic ability that he put on the inside of you. He believes that about you. He put that on the inside of you. You've got to start believing it too. Yeah. What if I'm not a good mother? God says you're a good mother. What if I can't do politics and be integrous? God says that you can be a politician and be integrous, contrary to popular belief right now. You don't have to sell your soul for your state and glorify your God and take it over. There's some politicians in this room today. And Joshua, he had to take God at his word. He risked life, limb, and reputation to see this thing through. We're going to come up against some walls in our lives. We're going to come up with some giants in our lives that we just don't understand why we have to walk around them. And here's the deal. We want the God that is for us, but we don't want his word that is for us. Can I tell you a little something about God? God loves you. God loves you so much. And not only did he send Jesus Christ to die on a cross for you, he left you a love letter. It's called the Bible. And in this love letter, it tells you how he is to love and lead your life. But we would rather read his love letter and then lead our own lives. Some of us today, we haven't walked in the promise of God because we're too busy leading. And this happens to me all the time. Instagram is cool, but guess what's not going to build church no how people come from it? Instagram. God still had to get people to see it. It's not on me or how awesome I am at, or not, at Instagram for church. We would rather read God's love letter to us and then lead our own lives. In my life, I have been master and commander more times than I can count. I can't tell you what happens when I'm master and commander. I'm like, yes, I'm master and commander, and I'm that, so I'm the man, and I got all these ideas. And you know what? Like, there's a domino effect, right? So I see this wall, it's a domino, and because I think I know how I'm going to do it, I'm going to go like this. Boom! But when you come against God-sized dominoes, only God can knock those dominoes down the right way. Because when I try doing it, look how low I am. You know what happens when I'm master and commander? This domino don't go forward, falls back, crushes me. When I'm master and commander of my own life, I try to knock down walls on my own behalf and it falls down on me. 
They don't go forward. They don't get the ball rolling. It crushes Matt McClure, and then I'm blaming God. Some of us, we want to lead our own lives. We want to lead our own lives so much so that we are looking at the Bible and we are going, God, I see you said all your promises are yes and amen. And 2 Corinthians, and I love the worship song, and it's my favorite, it's my jam right now. And you're just singing it all the time, even though you can't sing, and your wife is like, shut up, that was terrible. She's learning. She's getting ready to submit. She's almost there. She's almost got oh. Ephesians 5 down. It's so good. Wait a little bit. Proud of you. Joking. Joking. But I'm saying that. And then you just get disgruntled with God. You get disheartened with God. You get hard-hearted towards God. You're angry at God. You're going, where are you now? And then you're looking at your neighbors. Because bitterness, it spreads. Okay? It's called sin. It spreads. It's like Nutella. It just goes all thick. Okay? And you're just going like... <laughs> I've never even had Nutella. We only had it in the house because we had an Australian living with us for a couple weeks. Anyways, so she was like, it's Vegemite, idiot. And I'm like, all right, calm down, shock. And so, anyways, so. Anyways, her dad plays the voice of Bruce and Shock. I'm kidding. So, um, Steve, love you, by the way. Um, and so in this, in this moment, when we're getting disgruntled and hard-hearted and, and just angry at God, well then, again, because like I said, bitterness, it spreads, it comes on thick. We're going at neighbors, we're going, well, why am I seeing that in Scott and Shani's life, but not in mine? Why is God able to do it in their marriage, but not in mine? Why am I seeing Sean's career take off and not mine? Why is Kevin killing at his work while I'm getting crushed by my boss? Like, what is going on? I've been single and in church for how long? And I see Tover and Jasmine having an amazing relationship and just be, like, godly towards each other and integrous and just be awesome? Like, what is going on? And we get hard-hearted. We get angry with God. And then all of a sudden we get angry at Topher and Jasmine simply because God did something in their life that evidently we're going, he's not doing it for me. He's not doing it for me. Why aren't you doing it for me? Well, did you ever stop to ask? Did you ever stop to ask and go, God, what is it that they were doing before they got together that I'm not doing? God, they're having an amazing relationship in the midst of a pandemic or for half of it we weren't even allowed to go see our own birth like blood relatives <laughs> so like what did they do we never we always we always look at what other people in the church have and then we look at what we don't have we never take time to stop and go how did they get there how did you get there where did your breakthrough come from how many times did you have to walk around these walls ignoring god's word before you finally took them up on it how many times did you have to do it we never stop and do that instead we look at god's word and here it is he tells joshua he goes joshua here's a plan and he lays it out he lays out the entire plan for how the walls of jericho are supposed to come down how everything is supposed to be taken over he lays it out it's clear as day he says step by step Day by day, march by march, shofar blow at the end of it. You're not going to speak until I tell you to shout. He tells them how to do it. So many of us, we read the love letter that God gave us called His Word. And yet we take it as God's suggestion. Friends, can I tell you today that God has no suggestions. God only has instructions. God has no suggestions for your life. He only has instructions. He didn't go to Joshua and go, hey, Joshua, so what's up, my guy? How you doing? 
the other good day. So, you know, I was thinking today, you know, and I was like, hey, maybe today's the day we bring down Jericho. What do you think? Yeah, you know, like maybe you get some of those old guys with like the collar, you get one has a trumpet, he can kind of play, like he's tongue deaf, but he can, he can kind of do it. Like you grab him, and then like maybe, like, maybe if you did that like six times or like seven times, like maybe if you did it the full seven times, I like, I might find time in my day for running the entire universe and show up and do something. But maybe, I don't know. It's just a suggestion. Maybe you should try that. But we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll show up, maybe I won't, maybe the seventh day, who knows. We'll give it a go. You know, I'll get some crystals, bring them, rub together, shakabuka. Maybe do that too. You know, get a Ouija board, I'll tell you in the writings, we'll figure it out. Alright. <laughs> Friends, God doesn't give suggestions. God has no bold statement. God has no suggestions for your life. He only has instructions for your life. Why? Because he made your life. He knows best how to use your life. He made breakthrough. His name is Val Parasol, the God of the breakthrough. He knows how to give breakthrough to your life. And we're going, why am I not seeing the promises? Why am I not seeing this? I'm trying this and I'm trying that. God's like, stop trying. Start listening. Amen. Stop trying to do it with your own bright ideas. They're dim compared to mine. You're made in my image, but it's still my image. I don't have suggestions for Matt McClure. I have instructions. I got straight facts, no printer. Stupid. But this is who our God is when we get angry and we get disgruntled and we get hard-hearted and we're like, where are these freaking walls going to fall? I'm angry and we end up quitting too soon. But we never read the owner's manual that actually learned how to drive a car the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's just a part of it. He doesn't have suggestions for your life. He only has instructions. Friends, can I tell you, when you got new walls, it's going to take new ways. These walls will fall. These walls, they have to go. These walls, they have to crumble. You will get that victory shout. You will get that praise moment. You will have that moment where God says, this is it, and he releases you. But when he pulls you back, it's with intention. It's with instruction. So many of us, we get bent and we get hard-hearted at God, and we're like, where are you? And we start to feel like God is just this big bully who's playing keep away with his promises instead of being a father who said that I'm going to lead my sons and lead my daughters to victory. We think he's a bully who's hiding things to tease us. But instead he has instructions for your life. He's not teasing you. He's not playing keep away with your victory. He's not playing keep away with your calling. He's not playing keep away with your breakthrough. He's not playing keep away with your marriage. He's not playing keep away with what he has promised you, his promised land. He's not playing keep away. He's trying to lead you. We're like, God, break me into my promised land. And he's like, I can't break you into what you won't let me lead you around. Yeah. But you, your God, you can bring this thing down right now, I know. But in order for you to take Jericho, you've got to be a certain kind of faithful. You've got to be a certain kind of humble. You've got to have a certain kind of character. In order to develop that character, we're going to walk around a few times. 
You're going to be obedient a few times. I'm going to get you to a place where you can hear my voice so clearly that there ain't no wall that you won't walk around. There ain't no mountain that you won't cast into the sea. There won't be no doubt. There won't be no people that you would kick out of the room with and that you can see a little girl raised back to life. I'm going to walk you around these walls until you are a person that can handle Jericho. God cannot break you into well, he cannot lead you around. This whole thing is about obedience. This whole thing is about obedience. See, Joshua knew that in this moment. Joshua knew in this moment that this whole thing was about obedience. Why is this wall not coming down? Because I'm trying to lead you. I'm not teasing you. I'm not withholding from you. I am developing you. And in fact, on the other side of this development is the craziest, wildest story where I'm going to come through and you are going to conquer and you are going to actually be and do everything that you were called to do. But we would rather skip the development stage and get to the bringing everything down stage. It don't work like that because God's ways are God's ways. He is not playing keep away with you. He has just got his ways. Some of us, we're going to look at this thing and go, that's nonsensical. Why would I have to walk around this thing for six days straight, one time each day, and then walk around this one on the seventh, time, seventh day, seven times over, and then only then when, I, when you tell me to let them shout, then they shout. That is nonsense, friends. When we, when we would rather live by God's suggestions and God's instructions, what we end up doing is forfeiting the supernatural for the theoretical. Yeah. We end up forfeiting the supernatural for the theoretical. We end up going, oh, this is my own strength and my own idea and my own ways. And instead of God doing something supernatural like bringing down an entire fortress around the city or repairing my marriage, which can sometimes look just as daunting, or repairing my, my sexuality or whatever it is, these crazy things that we're believing for God to restore and to redeem and to make ashes come to beautiful life. We end up forfeiting the supernatural and we settle for the theoretical. We settle for the what ifs. What he could have done back then if I had just known what I know now to take him at his word. How much did I have to put my marriage through before I, put, before I took him at his word? How much did I have to put my church through before I took him at his word? How much did I have to put myself through before I just relinquished everything that I am and took him at his word? The supernatural is available to us. Even when it looks like nonsense in the natural. Some of us, the reason we haven't reached the promised land yet, reason we haven't reached the promised land yet is we've been settling for theoretical instead of walking in the supernatural. Yeah. Friends, if God says this nonsense route is your path to victory, then this nonsense route is your path to victory. If God says, hey, the only way that you're going to achieve breakthrough, the only way I'm going to be able to move in every area of their life the way that I want to, unrestricted, because if you walk around these walls six times for six days and then seven times on the seventh day and you double down and you don't speak and you don't shout and you don't try to worship and you don't try to do this, you just do it when I tell you to do it. It may look like nonsense, but if the nonsense route is your path to breakthrough, then friends, the nonsense route is the path to breakthrough. Am I preaching to anybody 
walls come up. Opposition, if you're a Christian, that's your normal state of being. I hate to tell you that, but it's true. You will always have opposition if you are taking ground for heaven. New walls will come up, but that means that you need new instructions. Fresh walls come up, you need fresh instructions. New season, new walls, new instructions, not new suggestions. If these walls come up, worship team, you can make your way up here. Friends, some of us, you're looking for healing. You're looking for healing. And I love that. We should. I believe that Christ died on the cross for your healing today. Not just a perfect, renewed body then. Y'all ain't got to get in the position yet. We ain't felt this part yet. New walls. Need new instructions. Some of us, we got to give up. New walls, let's put it this way. New walls won't come down by our old ways. We need new ways. Your sickness, it won't come down because of the doctor, because medication has limits. You need new ways. Our marriages won't be restored the way they should be simply by going to any marriage counselor because they have limits. What we need is a new way. Y'all just want to pray. Although, make me sound real spiritual. It's going to be awesome. That career that you guys are called to walk in, you're not going to take that promised land by walking in old natures and old skins and old wineskins and being your old person. You need to be a new person with new ways and new wineskins and new instructions. You know what's incredible about the book of Joshua? You know what's incredible about Joshua? Joshua's name. See, Joshua's name in and of itself is for every single person in this room, how you're going to see your walls fall down. These walls will fall. I speak that prophetically over every single person in here. Adrian and I, trying to have a kid, trying for a while. These walls will fall. Some of you, you've been the A star plus team player quarterback at work, but you haven't shown gratitude and favor because of it. These walls will fall. Keep being obedient. Some of you, your spouse stepped out on you. And there's been some fractures in there that you haven't seen repair fully. New ways in these new days. These walls will fall. But it all comes down to the name of Joshua. You see Joshua's name? The literal word Joshua, it means Yahweh, our deliverance. Not Yahweh, Matt's deliverance because he's a pastor. Not Yahweh, Adrienne's uh, deliverance because she's a pastor. Not Yahweh because this person knows more Bible and he's their deliverance. No, Yahweh is our deliverance. The name Joshua literally means Yahweh is the Jewish name for God. God, our deliverance. Some of us who were in this battle, when that's going to be the shout at the end of it. Joshua. Joshua in your marriage. Joshua in your finances. Joshua in your purity. Joshua in your struggle against pornography. Joshua in your single season. Joshua against your depression. Joshua against suicidal thoughts. Joshua against labels of this world. Joshua against generational curses. Joshua against what every 
morning. Joshua got our deliverance. You know what's crazy about that? Just look at that prophetically for a second. Which simply means to take God at his word. Book of Joshua. Crazy situation. And before Joshua ever found himself wandering in the desert with Moses, God was his deliverance. Before you ever found yourself up against the wall that you didn't know how you were going to get around or how you were going to get through or how you were going to tackle or how you were going to change or how you were going to see that sucker fall, he was already God in your deliverance. Before you ever had hardships in your marriage, he was already God in your deliverance. Before you ever had doors closed in front of your face and you're like, why can't I just get in somewhere? I'll take anything. I was furloughed. My rent is due. What has happened? He has got your deliverance. Before you ever had a challenge in your life, he was already God, your deliverance. And some of us, when we're in a challenging season, some of us, when we're losing heart, some of us, when we are losing the battle for our future, we just need to lift up Joshua. You're my deliverance, and I believe that right now. I'm going to hold true to the fact that you are my deliverance. These walls are not my captives. These walls will not keep me out. You are my deliverance. Think about walking around walls. Just walking around walls. You've heard that phrase? If these walls can talk, these walls will talk because they will reveal what you believe to be true about God. They will reveal where you are anchored. They will reveal where the role you believe he plays in your marriage, the role he, you believe that he plays in your sex life, the role that you believe he plays in your mental health, the, rule, the, 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 the way he plays, the role he plays in every single area of your life. These walls will reveal where you are anchored and where your trust lies because if you can walk around this thing six times and still have the meditation of your heart and the praise of your lips be Joshua, my deliverance, then you will know what's on the inside of you and you will know where you are anchored. also have an opportunity to realize where you maybe you need to go back and put your anchor down at. Where you need to put your trust in again. Maybe Matt's been your deliverance. Maybe CJ's been your deliverance. Maybe Mel's been your deliverance. It doesn't work out. But God, before you ever came up against your chair, was already your deliverance. Is that not good news? See the funny thing? I'll get ready to close. If you guys want to stand up with me, I just want to go to this next worship song and prophesy over you real quick. Is this. So when we've done these archaeological digs, they did these excavations and they saw saw the literal walls of Jericho. What they saw was this. Was that the way the walls fell, they fell in such a way they didn't just like fall in. They broke. Because our God is the God of bursting through. Amen. He's the God of the breakthrough. They broke. And they broke in such a way that they did this. They fell in and they fell down. They fell in and they fell down. 
And it says that when they fell in and they fell down, that these walls, they actually came crushing down around all of the enemies and the kings and the men of valor in that place. Your enemies that you would have to come up against once you enter the promised land in order to subdue it the way you were called to, God already took care of it when he broke through. Because the way the walls fell, they made a ramp in and then a path of victory down by trampling over your enemies. Friends, these walls will fall because they have to. These walls will fall because God says, this is your promised land. And when you can hold tight to that, and you can listen to instruction, you don't take it with suggestion, but you get yourself folding over to obedience, you will see God do amazing, supernatural, not theoretical, supernatural, literal, amazing things in the natural that you never thought was possible. Because the walls that actually helped you out of your promised land now be your path to victory in it. They will be your on-ramp and then your down-ramp and your exit into the calling and into the purpose that God has for you. But you got to be obedient. Amen? Amen? These walls will fall so you don't have to. All you have to do is fall Oh, God. All you have to do have to fall to these walls. These walls, they have to fall to you. You don't have to fall. All you have to do is follow God. With that, we're going to go into this next worship song. I don't know what your Jericho looks like. I don't know what it's been for you. I don't know how long you've been walking. I don't know how many times you had to go back to the beginning. But right now, I'm telling you, there is no way that's going to work out for you but the Lord's way. Because He is Yahweh. The God of your deliverance. So let's approach it with the Joshua spirit. Let's raise up with that this morning. Let's make that our proclamation as we go back into hallelujah here below. That song is fully about this season. Whatever you've been in, you have the right to say hallelujah. It is finished a thousand and thousand and thousand times again. Amen. So I'm going to pray. Let's get into it. Father God, we just thank you so much. Right now, as we go into this moment of worship, God has come and have your way. Be Joshua. Make it known that you are our deliverer. Right? 